Blood and Butterflies continued. Susie rolled off the other side of the bed. Her pelvis bone hurt and she felt dizzy. She made her way to the bathroom and locked the door. She let the water run for a bath, but then went to the toilet and she threw up. She cried, but tried not to make any noise, so Tony wouldn't hear her. She went in the bath and the tears continued to come down. The warm water felt good. She closed her eyes and the water seemed to caress her body. She once again was able to think about Maria. Then she fell asleep in the water, hoping that when she woke up, everything would have just been a bad dream and that she would be back in Maria's apartment. When she did wake up, the water had cooled off, so she got out of the bath and dried herself. She put on the robe and left the bathroom. Tony was asleep. She got dressed and sat down at the little table waiting for him to wake up. She wondered now if she was doing the right thing with being with him. She played over how they had met and what had happened to bring her to this point in time. She tried to convince herself that she really did like him. She wanted to move into his apartment. It just seemed that the night she had spent with Maria had made her change her views on her relationship with Tony. She wondered if what had happened with Maria had changed how she felt, but but she couldn't decide. Maybe she should just stop thinking that she needed him to support her and take care of her. She wondered if the new freedom that she felt since breaking up with her old fiancé was really worth anything at all. Also, would she, would she be giving up that freedom as she continued her relationship with Tony? A lot of questions were swirling around her mind as she sat at the little table, and then Tony woke up and stretched in the bed. He noticed Susie sitting, sitting at the table and that she was already dressed. Well, what time is it? He asked in a low, sleepy tone. Susie looked at him and noticed he seemed like a different person now. It seemed like his aggression had completely faded away with the sleep, and he was now calm. Susie looked at her watch. It was almost 11 p.m., she said very calmly. Wow, I really slept. Let me take a quick shower, and then we can go to dinner, sweetie. Tony said as he got out of bed and headed for the bathroom. Again, Susie wondered why he had to keep using that word, sweetie. Susie waited calmly while he showered. She thought of calling Maria, but decided against it. She didn't want to bother her with the tales of her problems, not to mention Tony might hear her talking on the phone. They went down to the casino, and the excitement made Susie forget about her problems for the moment. They went to a Mexican restaurant inside the casino. Tony drank two more rum and Cokes during the meal, but Susie refused to drink any alcohol. She started to wonder if he had a problem because he drank every time they did anything. Tony was very calm and loving towards her during the meal. He asked her a lot of questions about her goals with school, and, and Susie liked that. He then told her stories about other trips he had when he went to Vegas. The stories were about his gambling exploits and how he had won money. This, she sort of wondered how much he was exaggerating because she knew that most people that gambled tend to lose. After dinner, they went hand in hand into the casino. 
Tony wanted to play blackjack. He felt pretty good about himself now, and he enjoyed having his lovely young Korean girlfriend next to him. Susie stood next to Tony as he sat down at a table. He was having fun, but then he got on a losing streak, and he blamed it on the fact that he wasn't concentrating because of Susie. He pulled his wallet out and handed her two $100 bills. Susie looked surprised. Here, Susie, why don't you go play the slot machines over there, he said as he handed her the money. Oh, oh, I, I, I don't want to gamble with your money, Susie replied as she tried to hand the money back to him. Take the money. Maybe you will get lucky, he replied, refusing to take the money back from her. Go have fun. I owe you that anyway after all you've done for me. He then winked at her. Susie felt embarrassed when he said that in front of the other people at his table. She took the money and walked over to the slot machines that were nearby. She wondered if he just thought of her as another prostitute. And again, she started to feel very sad. At the same time, she was happy. She had the money in her hand. She decided to save one of the bills and play with the other one. She looked back at Tony before she put the money in the machine and saw that he was ordering another drink. After a few minutes, a cocktail waitress brought a rum and coke to her. She turned and saw Tony wink at her and hold up his glass. This is from your husband, said the, uh, the waitress said as she handed her the drink. Susie smiled back at Tony and then turned around to begin to play the slot machine. She was touched that he had called her his wife. She started to have fun and smiled because she was happy. No one had ever called her, quote, wife. She thought to herself that maybe, maybe everything was going to work out fine. Tony did like her, and, and he would help her go to college, she thought. When the drink hit her, she felt very tired. She hadn't had much sleep over the past few days. She thought about Maria, and it just seemed, it seemed to be a distant memory. She won a little bit, and then she lost a little. When her $100 went down to $50, she cashed out the machine. She turned to leave. But she didn't see Tony at the blackjack table anymore. She put her hands on her hips and she scowled. Her emotions went up and down with this guy. It was crazy, she thought to herself. She reached into her purse to get her cell phone and call him. But she couldn't find her phone. At first she thought she had left it in the room, but then she remembered that she had left it on her dresser back in her apartment as she was rushing to leave to go to Las Vegas. Now she was mad, frustrated, and even more tired. She looked around briefly for him and then went to the cashier to turn in her coins. She walked around the casino trying to find him, but at some point she just gave up and went up to the room. Tony had left the blackjack table in a hurry. He was mad and frustrated because he had lost $400 in less than an hour. He got up from the table and looked over at Susie, who had her back turned and seemed to be having fun. He thought about going over and telling her he was going to another table, but then he saw the roulette table where two blonde women had just sat down. He decided he'd better not tell Susie he was leaving. He sat down at the roulette table and instantly started hitting his numbers. The blonde women were from Chicago. Both of them. Tony started up a conversation with them and ordered more drinks. They were all laughing and making jokes. He had almost won back his $400, so 
He played slowly now. He was just starting to have a good time. Every half hour or so, more drinks came. The two blonde women were married, but were in Vegas on their own. They were about his age, and one had a great set of knockers that Tony just couldn't stop looking at. All at once, the table started to spin, and Tony knew he was totally sloshed. He was drunk out of his mind. He scooped up his chips, handed his phone number to the hot blonde, and then went to the cashier. He cashed in around $700, so he felt good. He looked at his watch and saw it was nearly 3 a.m., so he headed back to the room. Susie was fast asleep with the TV still on. Tony crawled into bed next to her and passed out, drunk. Susie woke at 9 a.m. and saw Tony was in bed next to her. He was partially clothed and smelled like stale rum and cokes. She couldn't believe he would go to bed without taking a shower. Susie slid out of bed quietly and dressed quickly. She felt alone, unhappy, angry, and disappointed. What was supposed to be a romantic weekend had become somewhat of a nightmare. She wondered if he had slept with another prostitute last night before he had returned to the room. She left Tony sleeping and went down to the lobby's coffee shop to kill time and think about her life. Chapter 16, Saturday. Maria went to work at the request of her boss to catch up on some paperwork. She knew Macintosh was really just asking her in on his own, was his own way of helping you to get some overtime. There really wouldn't be much paperwork to do. But Maria liked earning the overtime pay, and she could use it now that she was on her own with the boys. She had the card that Susie had given her and thought about giving it to her boss to investigate. Then she thought better of asking him for the favor. She sat at her desk and answered a few more important calls. Tim had also come to work on Saturday. Last night, he and his wife had made love for the first time in a while, and and he felt good about it. They were starting to get back the flame because they were both making the effort. He had tried. He had never told her about his escapade with Maria, and he never would because he knew that would only make things worse. The investigation of the three murdered gang members seemed to be futile now. There was no evidence leading anywhere. The media had completely stopped asking questions. When there had been no more subsequent killings, Tim hoped it would stay that way. Tim would continue with the case, of course, but he knew from experience that the chances of solving it were very slim. It was around 5 p.m., and Maria was getting ready to leave for the day when she remembered the card. She quickly called Tim downstairs, planning to leave the card on his desk in an envelope. She was surprised when he picked up his extension on the first ring because she hadn't expected him to be working on a Saturday Oh, oh, hi, I, I didn't know you were in. I, I was going to leave a message, Maria said quickly. I, I'm just catching up on some work, Tim replied. Tim, I need to ask you a favor, Maria blurted out. What, Maria? Tim wasn't sure he could comply if it was something personal. C- can you run a background check on someone for me, Maria asked. Tim thought for a second. Sure, sure, who is it? Tim replied with a bit of relief that it was not something more personal, he realized at that moment that Maria didn't want him, that she never would. His ego took a bit of a blow, but he was okay with that. 
He looked at the picture of his wife and his daughter on his desk and smiled at his own stupidity for wondering if he would ever learn anything. No, it has nothing to do with me. My, my girlfriend gave me someone's business card and I promised her I would do this favor for her. Is that okay with you? Sure, Maria, bring it over, Tim replied. They hung up the phones. Maria gather, gathered her stuff and walked down the stairs to the big office. Here, Maria said, she handed out to Tim with the card. My girlfriend found this at her boyfriend's place. It is the name of some hooker. She wants to know if her boyfriend is a regular. Okay, I can call her and try, but she might not tell me anything. Why don't I just do a background check on her boyfriend? Tim asked. He turned over the card and noticed a brown spot on it. It looked familiar from other times that he'd seen that same spot. It could possibly be blood. He tried to look at it closer. Tim had plenty of experience with dried blood spots. His name is Tony, uh, Tony, Tony something. Jeez, I don't remember his last name. They are in Vegas for the weekend. Maria, this is blood. You need to call your friend and get Tony's last name so I can check both of them at once. Tim pointed to the spot on the guard card and put it into a little plastic evidence bag. Maria took out her cell phone and dialed her friend's number. There was no answer, so she left a message asking her to call back. I have to get going, Tim. My boys are at their grandparents and I have to pick them up. When she calls back, I will get his name and call you, Maria said. It was uncomfortable being around Tim, but she knew it was necessary if she wanted to continue with her job. She turned quickly to leave and called out, Thank you, Tim. Tim sat at his desk and looked at the card again. Cece, it said. He thought to himself. That sounded familiar. He dialed the number on the card and got an answering service, so he left his number. Then it dawned on him. He opened up the file drawer and pulled out the file on the woman's body that had been discovered in Malibu. The prints had come in from the cadaver, and it was Cecilia Jorgensen from Long Beach. He typed in her name on his computer search, and her rap sheet came up. She had a few arrests, and it said she was also known as Cece. Her last arrest had been two years prior in Anaheim for shoplifting. Otherwise, she didn't have much of a record. She had never been picked up for prostitution. Tim looked at the spot on the back of the card, and then he called forensics. He took the card and the plastic evidence bag to the forensic department. He asked them to run the blood and to check the card for fingerprints. He wrote a quick report on his computer and sent it to Homicide, which was handling the case of the dead prostitute. He then dialed Maria's number. Her answering machine picked up, so he asked for her to call him as soon as she got the message. When Susie came back from eating her breakfast, Tony was in the shower. She thought about just leaving for the day, but that would create drama, and she didn't want to make him upset. Instead, she sat at the little table and looked at the window, waiting for him to finish showering. He came out soon enough with a towel wrapped around his waist. His eyes were bloodshot from drinking the night before. 
Well, good morning, my little angel. Where have you been all night? Tony said. He knew she had been in his bed, but he just wanted to make her feel a little guilty so she wouldn't say too much about his behavior. I I woke up early and went to breakfast. Tony, you really smelled like alcohol when you finally came back to the room last night, Susie replied with a sad look on her face. Yeah, well, I I think I drank a little too much, but I had fun and, and I won some money, Tony replied as he started to get dressed. Susie felt uncomfortable now, and and she felt trapped. This was supposed to be a weekend of fun and romance. Her plans with him, they seemed distant now, and she no longer welcomed that idea. It made her feel depressed and tired. She wished time would just pass by and she could go back home, but she had to go, go through one more night with Tony. She stared at him, getting dressed, and then blurted out, well, what happened to you last night? You left me alone. I looked all over for you and then and then just came up to the room because I couldn't find you. Well, I looked for you also, Tony lied. I even called your cell phone, but you didn't answer. That part was true, and now he had put the burden of proof back on her. The whole conversation felt childish to him, and he was hung over. He needed food and relaxation for a while rather than a jealous woman asking him questions. Look, I was in the casino. I just moved to a different table. I I think I left my cell phone back in Los Angeles, replied Susie, knowing it was her own fault, though it was not a reason for him to desert her. Susie saw no point in arguing with him because she knew she couldn't win anyway. She just wanted the weekend to end. Her desire to be taken care of had blinded her as far as her view was of Tony. She thought, yes, he he had been very romantic in the beginning, but now she could see he was really like what he was really like, and, and she could never endure a relationship with him. The whole situation made her feel sad and very depressed. After Tony dressed, he came over and gave Susie a kiss on the cheek. He could see that she was unhappy, so he decided to cure that the only way he knew how. He sat down opposite her at the table and put his wallet down. He opened it and pulled out three brand new $100 bills. Look, I did pretty well last night. He held up the money for her to see. I think I won over $500. Here, take this and go down to the outlet center. It is right next to the casino. Why don't you buy yourself a new bikini and and meet me down by the pool in a few hours? I need to go get something to eat. Susie was surprised again at his offer of money. She was immediately smiling and her mind shifted again. She thought that maybe things were not as bad as they appeared. He was giving her a lot of money. She definitely would not gamble any of the money and there was... No way she would spend it all on clothes. She smiled and took the money. Wow, thanks, Tony. I I will go buy a new bikini, but when I get back, I don't want to have to go look all over for you. She stood up and walked out to the patio. Let's pick a spot down there by the pool where we can meet. It's a big pool and there's lots of places. And we can meet in, say, two hours. Tony stood up and followed her out to the patio. He could see people starting to lie around out by the pool. He put his arm around her waist and then 
he slid his hand lower, down lower, and he squeezed her. They picked a spot to meet, and then he pulled her towards him and kissed her. She could still smell the alcohol from the night before. Tony started to pull on her skirt and probe with his hands, but Susie grabbed his hand and stopped him. Not now, Tony, not out here. People might see us, not on this patio. That would be more exciting, Tony said softly, still trying to touch her. No, stop it, Susie replied, trying to pull away from him. But let's, let's wait till until tonight. Susie pushed him away and made her way back into the room. Tony followed her inside. I, I thought you would like some excitement here in Vegas, Tony said with a smile. Tony, I'm not an exhibitionist, Susie replied. She wondered if he really did think of her as some kind of whore. This was just getting way too crazy, she thought to herself. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm going to get something to eat. I will meet you by the pool in a few hours. He gave her a kiss on the cheek and then headed out of the room. Susie sat back down at the little table and tried to think, but her mind went blank. So she picked up her purse and headed down to the outlet center. Shopping made everything better. And the fact that she had over $400 made things a bit sweeter. She told herself to be positive for the rest of the weekend. And she ended up finding a nice bathing suit for a good price. She walked around, found a few other items she wanted, but she only bought a few of them. She still had plenty of money left that she could save. She had never met a man that had been so generous with his money. She thought to herself that maybe she could put up with his other problems as long as he kept giving her money. When she returned to her room, she changed into her bikini and looked at herself in the mirror. She liked the way she looked and how the top made her breasts look a bit bigger. She went out on the patio to see if Tony was waiting for her down by the pool. When she looked down to the spot where they were supposed to meet, she saw he was there. She wanted to yell down, but it was too far away and would draw attention, so she just watched him. He was lying on a lounge chair with a drink in his hand. She observed him for a few minutes. Like every other guy, he watched the girls as they walked past in their bikinis. Then two tall, blonde women walked straight up to him and stopped. They started to talk to him. She saw Tony motioned for them to sit down. He even got up and grabbed another lounge chair so the three of them could sit next to each other. They were talking and acting like they were old friends, but she couldn't hear what they were saying. One of the women even gave him a little kiss on his cheek after he pulled the lounge chair over. Susie could feel the anger welling up inside of her. She quickly went back inside and kicked one of the chairs over. She pulled her dress over her bikini and quickly headed down to the pool. As Susie was walking up to them, she could see they were all laughing and that there were numerous drinks on the table. Susie walked up slowly and planted herself directly behind Tony. The two ladies took their eyes off of Tony and stared at Susie. But Tony didn't know Susie was there. This made Tony turn his head around and he saw Susie standing behind him with a scowl on her face. <laughs>
Uh, hi, Susie. He was drawing out her name as if he wanted to almost it almost to become a question. How was your shopping? He added, hoping her scowl would go away. I'm fine, Susie replied. There was nowhere for her to sit, and she almost turned around, thinking she should just go back to the hotel room. She then flung open her robe so the ladies and Tony could see her new turquoise bikini. Here is the bikini I bought with the money you gave me, she said sarcastically. She wanted to show off her young, nubial body in front of the older women, but she realized that maybe just sounded like she was a hooker or something. She was hoping the two women would just get up and leave, but instead they whispered something to each other and started to giggle. Wow, it looks really great on you, Tony replied with a big grin. She looked very hot and he loved it. Oh, I'm sorry, this is Alice and Carrie. He waved towards the two blonde women next to him. Uh, We met last night uh, at the roulette table. Hi, Susie said, throwing a quick glance and fake smile at the two women. Hi, replied the two women in unison. They looked at each other and giggled again. Susie still had nowhere to sit, but Tony realized it and quickly jumped up out of his lounge chair so Susie could take it. Susie took off the robe and spread herself out on the chair in an attempt to not make eye contact with the two women. Tony went to find another lounge chair. We didn't know Tony had an oriental girlfriend, Carrie said directly to Susie, who now had her eyes closed, hoping the whole weekend would somehow just end. Susie sat up quickly and looked directly at the woman who had addressed her so rudely. Actually, I'm Korean, and most of us prefer to be called Asian, not Oriental. The two women could feel the tension and had no intentions of letting her spoil their fun. Really, I I didn't know that. Asian or Oriental, there's no difference to me. Anyway, we're just leaving. We just want to say hello to Tony. We both had a really fun time with him last night, you know. We didn't know he had a girlfriend. Alice and Carrie quickly gathered their things. But just at that moment, Tony returned with another lounge chair. Oh, Tony, we really need to get going. Call me sometime when you get back to Los Angeles, Alice said with a sensual tone and coy smile. She went over and gave Tony a hug, like he was an old friend. Tony smiled and replied, the the, the two of you don't have to, to leave. You're, you're more than welcome to stay here with us. At, at least finish your drinks. Oh, no, no, we really, we have to get going, Carrie said. She was feeling a lot more uncomfortable than her friend and didn't want to cause any trouble in public. Carrie pulled Alice by the hand away from Tony. Bye, Susie said to the two blonde women as they started to walk away. Under a breath, loud enough for Tony to hear, she muttered, bitches. They were just two women I met last night, Tony said. He leaned over and gave Susie a little kiss on her cheek, but she turned her head away. After a minute or so of tense silence, Susie asked in a soft, mean tone, so how did you meet them? I I told you already, I met them at the roulette table last night, Tony replied. He 
was annoyed that Susie seemed to be so jealous. He liked her, and he definitely wanted to have a serious relationship with her, but he didn't want to see her jealous all the time. Well, we were all having fun and winning, too. They, they were nothing more than friends. They, they came up to me at the pool. That was sort of a lie, but he knew he had to say it. You told me this morning that when you left the blackjack table, you went to another table. Not that you played roulette and met two women, Susie replied. She wondered if he was telling her the truth at all about the women. For all she knew, he had gone to their room and had sex with one or both of them. At this point, she wouldn't put it past him, and it, it really didn't matter too much what he said because, because she didn't trust him. Well, you came back very late, no matter what you did, and, and I was waiting for you in the room, Susie said. Tony knew he had to appease her and smooth things out if they were going to have any fun at all together their last day in Vegas. Susie, you don't have to be concerned. You are the only woman in my life, and I don't want anyone else. I just joked around with them and played roulette. That is all we did. And then I went back to the room. Look, look at how sexy you are in that bikini you bought. Do you really think I would want anyone else out here? What does that mean? Do you only like me because I'm young and, and have a nice body? Susie fired back. No, no, really, I didn't mean it that way. I just mean that you are, you are what I want in a woman. Not, not just your body, but everything else about you. Tony was trying as hard as he could to get her to calm down. Susie didn't believe a word he was saying to her. The only thing in her life right now was the fact that the sun felt warm and caressing on her body. She was concerned about the fact that he may have slept with that woman last night, especially because he wasn't using condoms with her. She was on birth control, and she hadn't even asked him to use a condom. God, that was stupid, she thought to herself. Maybe I got some disease. She was mad at herself for being so naive. But guess what? I bought us two tickets to a really great show tonight. It's, it's the longest-running show in Vegas, Tony said. He was doing everything to get back on her good side. Of course, he was lying about the tickets, but it didn't matter because he could go buy them anyway. He was annoyed because, because she should understand that he was just having fun last night. Really? Well, I just hope your two blonde friends aren't coming along with us, Susie replied, still not convinced that he hadn't slept with one of them. Oh, come on, Susie. Of course they are not coming with us. Remember, we are supposed to be pretending this is our honeymoon. Tony smiled at her, even though she had her eyes closed and he couldn't see them. Susie sat up and looked him directly in the eyes. Oh, really? Well, if we are pretending this is our honeymoon, then why don't you start acting like it? Tony looked down at the ground sheepishly, and, and the conversation pretty much ended right there. Susie lay back down and tried to just think about the warm sunshine on her body. Tony lay back and also thought about the situation he had created. He realized now that Susie was not the subservient Asian woman he thought she was. She had a temper, and like most foreign women he dated, she had become Americanized to some degree. Still, he really liked her, and, and even when she showed anger, she was sort of cute.
He could tell she didn't want to be angry. He liked her and wanted to stay with her. He told himself before he had come to Vegas that he was going to stop drinking so much. It was just that it was in Vegas and it was easy to get a drink. He actually wanted another drink right now, he thought to himself. Drinking and gambling, well, they just sort of went together. And right now he wanted to do both. He knew if he got up and left her, though, he would be in serious trouble. So he sat back and he just tried to relax and not think about anything. They hung out at the pool for another hour or so until the winter sun dipped behind the buildings and the air turned crisp. They had both fallen asleep and the cold air woke them up, so they went back to their room. Once in the room, Tony felt fairly refreshed and he looked at Susie. She was lying down on the bed with her robe partially open and he wanted to have sex with her. Susie pushed his hand away and tried to avoid his advances. She wasn't ready to make up with him yet. The TV was on and Tony dozed off again. Susie went to the bathroom and showered. The noise woke Tony up and he remembered that he needed to get the tickets to the show. He quickly put on some clothes and went downstairs to buy the tickets. Fortunately, he got back to the room before Susie had finished her shower. When she came out, he held up the tickets and then went and showered himself. Tony planned out the evening with her while he was in the shower. He had already won money from the night before, so he told himself he didn't need to gamble anymore. When he got out of the shower, he told her they were going to dinner at a nice Japanese restaurant and they would go to the show afterwards. Susie was happy, at least, that he was taking her out and not going down to the casino again to gamble. Again, her mind wavered back, thinking that maybe... He really wasn't that bad, and things could work out. Definitely, though, he had to stop drinking, she told herself. The evening started off perfectly for Susie because Tony was treating her like a goddess. He was being gentle and kind. They stopped in the gift shop, and he bought her some earrings before dinner. He was acting very sweet and very romantic, by offering her little compliments and not looking around at the other woman while they were together. Susie softened her attitude towards him and started to enjoy herself. It felt more like the first few dates they had gone on, and she liked it. The food at the Japanese restaurant was delicious. Tony had dressed nicely, and he looked very handsome. He reminded her more than once that this was their honeymoon. At one point, Susie told him that if they ever did get married, that she wanted a real honeymoon. Tony assured her that if they ever did get married, that they would have a much better honeymoon than this one. They were enjoying each other's company. Susie started to think that this was the real Tony and that it had just been the excitement and fun of being in Vegas that made him do the things that she didn't like. After the show, Susie thought for sure that Tony would want to go into the casino and gamble again, but he didn't. He didn't even suggest it. Instead, they went back up to their room, and he called room service. He ordered a bottle of champagne, the first alcohol he had actually ordered all night. They sat and sipped the champagne, and this time when Tony leaned over to kiss her, she responded, and she enjoyed it. Susie had completely forgiven him now. Tony felt proud of himself, knowing that he had made an effort to devote the evening to her and that she had responded. 
he liked the fact that she was so easy to please and that she was not demanding or interested in expensive things. When they had gone to buy the earrings, she had picked out a pair that did not cost too much. The little things were adding up, and he even thought to himself that maybe he would let her move in at some point in time. Susie had decided that maybe his bad qualities were not that bad. She would just have to watch him carefully and and make sure he didn't try to sleep with any prostitutes. They made love that evening and then fell asleep, feeling satisfied and content with each other. Chapter 17. Maria did not get back home Saturday night until well after 9 p.m. She had stayed at her parents because... Her sons were there. When they returned to the apartment, the boys immediately went to their room to play video games. Maria made sure that her parents didn't have any video games because it just seemed like the kids were too obsessed with those kinds of things nowadays. She wanted to make sure they did other activities when they were at her parents' house. Maria sat down in the kitchen and saw she had missed a call from Tim, so she played the message. Maria, this is Tim. It is shortly after 6 p.m., and I wanted to let you know I found out some information on the woman from that card you gave me earlier today. I think it's very important you call me right away. I will be here in the office for another hour or so. If not, call here on my cell phone. Maria could hear the anxiety in his voice. She felt a chill go down her spine. Something serious was going on. Maria called Tim, and unexpectedly, it was a woman's voice that answered the phone. Hello? Oh, oh, hi, this is Maria Sanchez. I work with Tim, and he asked me to call him, Maria said in her best business tone. Oh, thank God you called. He has been very concerned. Just a minute. He is getting out of the shower. Hold on, and I will get him for you, Linda replied. Maria realized that was the first time she had ever talked to Tim's wife, the wife of the man she had slept with. It seemed very strange. But she was comfortable with it. Maria felt bad because the woman sounded so nice. Maria shuddered again and felt a cold chill. Maria? Tim asked as his wife handed him the cell phone. Yes, it's me, Tim. I I just got your message. I'm sorry I was at my parents' house and had my phone in my purse. I didn't notice when you called before. What, what, what's going on, Marina asked. Well, it's not a good situation, Maria. I'm going to need your help with this. I know you have your two boys there, so I just want to make sure you remain calm before I start. Remain calm? About what? Maria said back. She was annoyed that he was treating her like some kind of little kid. God, didn't he know that she had just lost her husband? Who did he think she was? Okay, Maria, the card you gave me, the one that said Cece on it, well, her real name is Cecilia Jorgensen. Her body was found last week in the Malibu Hills. She was the one that had been hit over the head and killed. The card had a drop of blood on it, and it is being analyzed in the lab right now, Tim said. What? Marie asked. Yes, it appears this woman was murdered, murdered, Tim said. Maria froze. 
oh my God, my friend is with this guy in Vegas right now. Maria now understood why Tim had warned her to remain calm. Maria's mind went blank. She didn't know what to think. She, she had been through so much lately, and now her friend was with a potential murderer. Maria broke down and started to cry. She couldn't take it. She didn't want to hear Tim's voice or any other's but his voice on the phone, but, but she had to focus on his words. She had cried very little when her husband had died, but now the tears just flowed. She had been with Susie just a few days ago. They had slept together, and now she was in danger. After a minute or so, she was able to compose herself and hear Tim again on the phone. Maria, Maria, I've been trying to, to explain this to you. Are you okay? Everything is going to be fine. Don't worry, Maria. Yes, I'm fine. I, I, I'm just so shocked and scared. Maria replied, Maria, I need you to work with me on this. I need you to give me the name of your friend's boyfriend. Maria thought for a second, Tony. It's Tony. Tony, um, God, what is his last name? I think she told me. Oh, oh my God, I can't remember his last name. She has a roommate, though, and, and she would know, I think, Maria replied. Well, what is your friend's name and what is her phone number? Tim grabbed a notepad and a pen. Her name is Susie and, and, and her boyfriend is Tony. God, I don't know their last names. I, I, I never asked. Maria felt guilty that she didn't know. If anything happened to Susie, she wouldn't be able to bear it. Maria started to cry again, suddenly thinking that everything was all her fault. Felix had died. And, and now there was a murderer and her friend and she'd slept with her and it, it was just crazy and the dog and the teeth. Maria, Maria, please try to calm down, Tony repeated as Maria con continued to weep. I don't know their last names, Maria mumbled through her tears. She grabbed her purse and started to look for Susie's phone number. Luckily, she found it quickly and composed herself enough to tell Tim the phone number Okay, great. Let me try to call her and I will call you right back. Try and compose yourself and try to help me on this. I'm sure everything's going to be fine. If you can remember, that would be great. Tim hung up the phone and quickly dialed the phone number. He tried three times and each time he got her answering service. That was not a good sign. He called Maria back and she picked up on the first ring. What did she say? Maria asked right away. I only got her answering service. Maybe she is busy. Don't worry, I will keep trying, Tim said. Maria visualized Susie dead in her room in Vegas. She couldn't talk. Maria, Maria, I, th I think I'm going to come over there now. It will take about 30 minutes. See if you can find any more information or if you can remember their last names. Call me. If you find anything, Tim hung up again and told his wife the situation. He dressed quickly and headed over to Maria's apartment. Maria put her head in her hands and saw her two boys were running up to her. Mommy, Mommy, we heard you crying. Maria comforted her sons and told them that everything was going to be fine. She took them back to their room. She let them play a game with her and she tried to focus, but she couldn't. And then told them that a friend was coming over. 
Julio asked if it was a man from work, and she said yes. He asked if he could, Julio asked if he could see his gun. The boys assumed everyone from the police station had a gun, and they liked to ask their mom why she didn't have a gun. Maria always replied that God protected her, and she didn't need a gun. The boys went back to their video games, and Maria went to the kitchen to start a pot of coffee. She had her friend's cell number and and home number, but but she couldn't remember any of their last names. Maybe, maybe she had never asked. She thought. So she made the coffee. She tried to call Susie's cell phone again and got no answer. But she left a message for her to call her as soon as she got the message. She then then dialed the phone number at the apartment, but no one answered. So she left the same message. Tim arrived around 10 p.m. They sat down in the kitchen, and Tim took out a clipboard and a pen. Maria's boys snuck out of their room and asked Tim if they could see his gun, but Maria intercepted them, put them back in their room, and told them to go to sleep. They begged her to let them stay up longer because it was Saturday. She agreed, but told them to go play their games. She explained that they could not come out and bother her and her friend. Finally, settled at the kitchen table, Maria was nervous. She didn't want to be alone with Tim, and worse, she didn't remember the last names. Tim had a, quote, situation, and he knew it. He needed information. He was over Maria, and he knew there could be other women in his life at some point, but he knew he could never do it again with someone from work. That was stupid to have slept with her, he kept telling himself. He could like Maria, but only as a friend still. She did look nice, he thought to himself. Maria, listen, we work together. For how much longer, we don't know. So for now, we are friends. Maria fumbled with a napkin she had been staring at and playing with in her lap. She didn't want to have to look at Tim in in the eyes. She heard him now. Yes, she looked up for the first time since they had sat at the table. We will be friends, but Tim, Tim, I don't remember their last names. I have the phone number of her apartment, but she's not answering that either. Maria took the pen and wrote it on the notepad so that Tim could have it on the table. Afterwards, she looked up at Tim and smiled. It was the same smile when they had played their little flirting game the day, the first day they had met. But this time, she could see from his reaction that he would only accept her as a friend. Maria felt guilty because she couldn't remember the names. Do you know where they are staying in Vegas? asked Tim. No, Tim, I'm telling you, all I have are the phone numbers, Maria replied. She started to tear up again, thinking that her friend was with some killer and probably could be dead. Does she live with anyone, Tim asked? Yes, yes, she has a roommate, but I don't know her name. I just called both numbers a short while ago and and, and didn't get any answer. Okay, look, Tim said, let's start over. We will call again and see if we can reach her. Listen, Maria, this may not mean anything. There may not be any connection between this guy and the card. I will get the blood type back shortly and we can go from there. Tim said, trying to calm Maria down. He took out his cell phone and dialed the apartment phone number. 
Hello, said the roommate. Hello, uh, this is Detective Sloan with the L.A. Police Department. May I speak with Susie, please? Uh, Susie's not here. She's in Las Vegas with her boyfriend. Why are you calling? Did she do something wrong? The roommate asked. No, I don't think your roommate did anything wrong. It would be helpful if you could answer a few questions, though. What is your name? Tim asked bluntly. I'm Helen Wong, she replied. But how do I know you are a cop? Maybe this is just some prank call, she blurted out. She was illegal and really didn't need the cops around. Ellen, if you like, I can come over right now and show you my badge. Tim put his hand over the receiver and whispered to Maria. Do you know where she lives? Maria nodded yes, and Tim felt relieved that it, he had at least something to work with from, in case this girl hung up on him. Um, no, well, okay. Okay, I believe you then, said Ellen. That is good, Tim replies. He reached out for a pen to start taking notes. He needed to get as much out of this roommate as possible and fast. Listen, Ellen. The guy with your roommate may have committed a serious crime, so please be helpful, okay? Now both Maria and Ellen were scared. Tim asked Ellen a bunch of questions and wrote down the answers on the little notepad. Unfortunately, the roommate did not know the last name or even the phone number of the boyfriend. She gave a fairly good physical description of him, and Tim noted that he would need to call the sketch artist. Ellen also said he drove an older car, maybe a Mustang, Tim told Ellen to look around the room to see if she could find any information and call him back. Maria got up and went to check on her boys who had both fallen asleep by now. When she came back, Tim hung up the phone. Maria, I talked with the roommate and she is going to look around and see if she can find anything on the boyfriend. I'm sorry, Maria. It doesn't seem we can do too much right now of anything until they come back from Vegas, said Tim. God, I hope Susie is safe. I wish I knew her boyfriend's last name. I'm sorry, when, when, will you, when will you know about the blood on the card, asked Maria. She sat back down at the table. Let me call. They, they should have the results in by now. Tim dialed the lab number and asked for the results. He quickly clicked his phone shut while Maria stared at him with a frightened look on her face. The blood type is a match. They will check the DNA, but that will take a number of days. As for now, we can assume it was the victim's blood on the card. Do you by chance have any idea where your friend found the card in her boyfriend's apartment? Tim asked. No, she didn't tell me. Maria felt bad enough that there was nothing she could do to help her friend. The thought that there was even a possibility that she was in danger was really overwhelming. Tim was not being comforting either, but he did not know how to clo how close she and Susie had become his friends either. So there is nothing we can do but wait until tomorrow, Tim said. Tim wanted to comfort her. He he felt bad for Maria. Really, Maria, I, I think everything is going to be fine. There's a good possibility the blood just got there because this girl cut herself or something. We have no way of connecting this guy to anything until we question him. He reached across the table and put his hand on top of Maria's hand. 
felt awkward to both of them. So after a few seconds, he pulled his hand back. Listen, I will go over to her apartment and station a car there just in case they both come home early. I won't be able to sleep tonight, Tim. I'm sorry. I won't be able to sleep until I know she's safe, Maria said. Don't worry. Your friend is going to be fine, Tim said, knowing that there was a good chance she probably wasn't. He needed to leave because he had work to do. I will call her roommate in the morning and we will be there when your friend Susie and this guy get back. I need to get going now. Try and get some rest, Maria. I'll call you first thing in the morning and and you feel free to call me if you need anything. Tim got up from the table and put his notebook under his arm. He wanted to give Maria a hug again, but he had to be professional. He let himself out and on the way home, he made mental notes on what he had to do. After Tim left, Maria felt extremely depressed. She almost wished Tim had stayed with her just so she could have a man around. She cried, thinking to herself that she had never felt secure in any relationship, and now she would be alone. At least her boys were growing up. She took a long shower and then went to bed, still feeling sad. On his drive home, Tim called the department and notified them of the situation. He arranged to have, a, have two officers in an unmarked car wait outside Susie's apartment in the morning. He knew, since they did not know this guy's last name or address, that they would have to run his license plate number as soon as he and Susie returned from Vegas. They would follow him back to his house and get a search warrant to enter his house. Tim didn't want him to run or know that he was being investigated, so it would be best to question Susie as soon as he left. He would go personally and talk with the roommate in the morning because Susie and Tony returned from Vegas later in the afternoon. He made some mental notes on exactly what he wanted to do and how he wanted to proceed and hoped all would go according to his plan, even though plans never seemed to work out exactly the way they were planned. It would be another Sunday that he spent working, he said to himself. He would not be able to be with his family, but there wasn't much he could do about that now. He thought to himself that he had to be serious and think serious about a new career because this detective work is just getting to be too much to be continued.